0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 102 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Daniel Hale. Daniel lives in Edison, New Jersey, and he and his wife own a math learning center there after he taught school for seven years. Welcome, Daniel.
1: Hey, Jen. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. So what did you teach for those seven years? What what level? What subjects?
1: I was always in a high school, and I taught pretty much every subject, calculus all the way down to algebra.
0: Oh, wow. So all the maths, you've got yeah. all those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, great. I'm glad that, um, that you found a way to take your teaching and now you're able to reach people in your, on your own terms, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: I can understand that after being in the classroom for 28 years. You know, so much of, of the struggles with teaching are not the teaching. It's the bureaucracy of teaching.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now I just get to focus on just tutoring and working with students one-on-one. So it's a lot better than, I used to have students, 30 students in a class and it was just crazy.
0: It really is. So I'm glad that you found a way to keep teaching and to reach kids probably even more effectively in many cases than you could in the classroom.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, definitely I work with less students than I did before, but yeah, I feel like I can be more effective with
0: each one. Yep, that's right. Well, I I know I could talk about teaching forever. One day, maybe I need a teaching podcast. (laughs) In the meantime, though, I like to start this podcast by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
2: Uh, It's
1: been quite a journey, actually. I mean, as a kid, I was always skinny and never had any weight problems. But then I went to college and stopped being active and playing sports and just kept eating poorly and all through my 20s and 30s. I mean, I'm 37 now. I just started putting on weight and putting on weight, and pretty much it got into my 30s. And I was like, "All right, I got to do something about this." And as many of your other, you know, people on the podcast, I went through all kinds of yo-yo diets.
0: Oh, yeah, and I think that's a really common story. You know, we hear there are two types of people. I think the people who went through childhood struggling with obesity or being overweight and have always had that struggle, or people like you and me. I was always skinny too. And then it was college when it really just kind of started shifting or, you know, it happens later for us. So, but those of us who it happens later to are kind of like really surprised by it, right?
1: Oh yeah. I had no idea. And I'm a, I'm a big guy to begin with. I'm six foot four. I was always tall. And then I just started putting put on the weight and yeah, I went through, you know, weight watchers, Nutrisystem, uh, all kinds of counting calories and going to the gym obsessively And it would always work, but never for the long run. I would always, I would drop 50 or 60 pounds for, you know, some event. I my sister's wedding back in 2014. And then after the wedding was over, I gained it all back and then some. So that was, that was the pattern.
0: Oh yeah. That, that yo-yo sounds very familiar.
1: Yeah. So that was a pattern for a long time. And then back in June of 2018, uh, my wife became pregnant with our first child I remember I stepped on the scale and the scale would not register. Oh, gosh. And the max of the scale was 350 pounds.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah, I know that was like probably a uh oh moment, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I couldn't believe I did not. I knew I was over 300, but I did not think that I I was just mortified, honestly. So I said to my wife, I was like, yeah, we're having a we're having a child and I need to be there for the child and be there to play with them and get down and play. And I was like, all right, so I need to do something about this. So I just, I knew that I needed to do something different than what I had done before, because nothing before had ever worked long-term. So I just started listening to podcasts, reading books, and just getting any information that I wanted. I knew it had to be a long-term solution. In the beginning, it just started with giving up soda and just eating all my meals at home. And so I dropped some weight a little bit away and you know the 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 scale started to register so that was that That's was good, good yeah. but i was still <laughs> in the 340s though so i right. had a long way to go but yeah and then in july everything really changed of 2018 we found out that our daughter was had what was called trisomy 18 which is a genetic disorder that most babies don't even make it to term and the ones that oh, don't don't live for very long so that was a pretty traumatic thing. That Absolutely, we, that happened. So we, I, I, my first, you know, thought was like, oh, well, screw this health journey. Like, what's the point if I'm never gonna, you know, get to meet this daughter or, you know, so all these things are through my head. But then me and my wife talked about it, and we just we had a name, Bridget, that was we picked out to name her. And we thought about whether we would use the name or not. And then my wife said, you know, whatever we do for any child, we need to do for her, regardless of, you know, how long she's here for. So I just was like, well, then that's true about my health journey. Like if I was going to, you know, get in shape for another child, I have to do it for her. So it kind of just started me. I kept going. And I, it was, I guess, the fall of 2018 when I, I started to just hear about this intermittent fasting on several different podcasts. I hadn't discovered yours yet. But I had heard about it, and it sounded a little strange to me. I was like, "Wait, you just don't eat?" Like, I don't really, I don't don't get that. Like, and I, I I thought of it probably how many people do, as like, "Oh, I'm starving myself." But so I just started it, and I really only did it like one day a week. I would just skip breakfast, and I actually, I know some people dive right into it, but I didn't. I just, I kind of eased my way into it, which is part of the reason why I think I was successful. But uh, yeah, so I I just did it one day a week. And then after a month, I remember telling my wife, you know, the day that I do that is the day I feel best. So I just started doing it every day.
0: You know, I really love that you were kind of dipping that toe in there (laughs) and because it sounded weird, which I totally get, especially in 2018, people weren't talking about it as much as they are now. But I love that you made the connection that you felt better that one day a week, because then you're like, okay. Maybe I can do this seven days a week, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So then I jumped into it. And that was about the time that I was like, all right, I'm going to really. Again, I had just heard it on different health podcasts about this intermittent fasting. I think it was starting to become a bigger deal. So that's when I just did a search and I, I found your other podcast
0: The Intermittent Fasting Podcast with Melanie Avalon. Yes, that one, yes, yep.
1: yes. Yes. So I was like, all right. I, and I just started from the beginning. And that's like the only podcast I listened to for <laughs> months. I don't think this one, the stories was out yet. I feel like that was a little later.
0: Yeah, that one started, I think that one started November 1st, perhaps of 2018. So it was oh, very okay. in its infancy at that point.
1: Yeah. So I hadn't, I hadn't discovered that yet. So I was listening to the other one and learning as much as I could about it. And I started doing it seven days a week and I started to figure out like what I was doing was a sixteen eight. And I started to, you know, learn all the lingo and, and all that. And I just became kind of committed to it. And it helped me through that first holiday season. I feel like I was, it was much easier since I was kind of able to just skip breakfast. And even though, I mean, I typically do a low-carb diet, but even if I felt during the holidays that I wasn't eating exactly the way I normally eat, I was still able to do intermittent fasting.
0: And was the weight loss happening for you at that time?
1: Yes, yes. So basically what happened was it was all the way then until my daughter, Bridget, was born in February 18th, uh, 2019. And I had lost about 60 pounds to that point. So it was it was really working. Everything that I was doing was going really well. And she was born and we were actually able to bring her home from the hospital. They really only expected her to live, you know, a couple days in the hospital. We were able to bring her home and she ended up living for 31 days. And then, you know, she passed away in our home on March 21st of
0: 2019. Oh, gosh. We're recording this in March of, of 2020. So really, that was just your your anniversary of that was just a few days ago.
1: Yes, yes. I I can talk about it. I did something for her on her anniversary. That's oh, unrelated. gosh, yeah. But yeah, so after, you know, obviously, it was devastating. But she, we learned a lot from her. And we learned a lot from the experience. And again, I, I had gained a little weight back while she was here for the 31 days. We were basically just bound to our apartment, just taking care of her and... We had a lot of good moments with her and we were really, we're still grateful that we got the 31 days. Absolutely. And I, I kind of did stick to the intermittent fasting as much as I could. I mean, we had a lot of family visiting and they would bring all kinds of, you know, food and cakes and all kinds of stuff. And sometimes I didn't stick to it, but the most part I did. So, and then after she passed away for a couple of weeks, I didn't obviously really think about it, but then it was, it really wasn't that much after it was April 1st that I decided to to honor her with these, I would do these things called Bridget challenges yeah. and I would choose something to either give up or do for 31 days. And my very first Bridget challenge was to do a 18 six for 31 straight days.
0: You know, I love that so much. The 31 days to honor the 31 days that, that she was with you. And I also love the language that you're using to describe this so heartbreaking yet beautiful time of your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, it was devastating. But at the same time, she brought us so much and we wanted to honor her. And it's part of the reason that I want to do this podcast, because honestly, I just want as many people to know about Bridget and have her life mean as much as possible. Right. So yeah, so I did that, and my very first challenge was to because I I remember I was again I was kind of doing it off and on, but obviously there was a lot lot going on in my life at the time, and most days I was just naturally doing the intermittent fasting anyway. But I and I then I started to get a little bit away from it, and I was like, you know what, I need to get back to that, and I really need to get back to this health journey because I gained a little weight back, so I was probably down about fifty pounds net at this point. And then April first from then until now, I mean I. I think I've I've done intermittent fasting pretty much every day, and I've graduated to the twenty four, and then it now where I live is basically usually it's a twenty and then a four hour window, but I switch it up a lot. I have more, sometimes I do early afternoon. It depends on my tutoring schedule, but I've gotten really into an now where I can almost do it. But I still track it. I like to track a lot of things, but I I can pretty much do it effortlessly and. Really, in the in the end, now I'm down 130 pounds total.
0: Wow, that is really amazing.
1: Yeah, so I just hit 225, and I started, I like to say that I started at 355, but I don't actually know my starting weight, because right. the scale wouldn't register.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it, I would, yeah, I think that that's probably good. Maybe it was higher, but it doesn't matter, because you could just go with that number, and gosh, I imagine you feel so much better.
1: Oh definitely yeah it's it's totally different, so uh yeah, actually, the things that I'm able to do now last week was the anniversary of, of bridget's passing, and I in her honor again with this this number thirty one and i'm especially I'm a math person, so I'm really into numbers.
0: Oh yeah, numbers are important, I get it
1: <laughs> I'm like obsessed with the number thirty one now so actually last week I walked uh thirty one miles on her the anniversary of her passing as a way to honor her.
0: On one day, you walked 31 miles in one day. Wow.
1: Yeah. And you would be really happy to know I actually did the entire thing fasted.
0: Wow. That is also very impressive.
1: Yeah. I started at six in the morning and I would never eat that early. So I just started it, you know, and I brought, I had a backpack and I did it, it. It took me about almost nine hours and I just basically did it straight. And I had a backpack with food in there, a couple snacks that just in case, and I got about halfway through and my wife met me and gave me shoes to change into, uh, to change out of. And she's like, oh, do you need to eat? And I was like, no, I'm, I feel great. I'm just going to keep going. And then I planned with about five miles left to stop. And so I did. I stopped and drank some water, but I was just like, you know what? I feel fine. Like, I'm just going to keep going. And I've been doing intermittent fasting for such a long time. I can tell like when I really need to eat. Right. And I thought walking for that long for nine straight hours, I just didn't. When I was finished on the way home in the car, I, you know, had my snack, but yeah, it was, I was surprised myself that I didn't need to eat during this entire walk. I I felt great.
0: That's the power of being fat adapted. I mean, your body knows how to find the the fuel for energy. Your body found it and you felt fabulous the whole time. I think everybody who's worried, you know, they're not going to be able to go to the gym could certainly learn something from listening to that. I'm very impressed. 31 miles. Gosh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, was you yeah, know, my legs were sore. I had blisters and I oh, didn't do I anything for, I relaxed for a couple of days, but as far as, as eating goes, I was shocked. And then yeah, I ate a snack on the way home. And then that night I had a huge dinner as I normally do, but yeah, I was surprised that I was able to, cause I don't normally eat until a little later anyway. So this wouldn't have been in my window, but I just assumed, you know, walking for that long that I would get hungry, but now I, I wasn't. And,
0: I think most people would. They'd be like, I'm going to get all shaky. I'm going to collapse. But you just kept going, kept feeling great.
1: Yeah, and I kind of knew there were certain times when I needed something. And I guess just from doing the intermittent fasting for a year and a half now, I knew that what I needed was just to drink some water. And I had I had electrolytes in my water the whole time. So I knew. Oh, that's good. I just, I just knew what I needed. And I, didn't, I definitely didn't need to eat. And I actually at one point felt like I was questioning whether I should do it or not because I think there was kind of... This thing in my brain that was saying you need to eat. This is crazy, and I was just like, no, I feel fine, and I feel like if I did eat, it would have been more difficult to get walking again.
0: I think you're right because if you had eaten, then your body would now have you know started to shift over to the the blood glucose for fuel, and then it would have been possibly more difficult to shift back.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was great. It was a great you know experience, and I was and now I know that I really definitely know that the intermittent fasting is working especially if i can go 31 miles and 8 8 9 hours and not have to eat.
0: And literally like you could do anything. If you could do that, you could do anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's how i just feel about the intermittent fasting because i remember at first, the first day i did the intermittent fasting, i did i had a headache and i remember thinking like this is really difficult. But once you get into it, it really it makes you feel like you could do anything cuz you're just like you know, even when i open my window early, I never make myself feel bad anymore. I had I had a period where I I would make myself feel bad if I would close my window, you know, or open my window, you know, a little early. But now I don't at all. And if I do, I still look at it. And I'm like, even when I stop it kind of early, it's still 17, 18 hours. Like that's still a long time. And it's just changed my whole perspective on pretty much everything
0: it's because you're you know, so far in, you're a year and a half in, and it's such a lifestyle now that you realize it's okay. It's okay to shift it. It's okay to have a shorter fast this day. Because if you're eating earlier one day, you'll probably have a slightly longer fast the next day. And it all evens out.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's kind of how I, where I live now. I still, like I said, I like to track it. I, I'm a person. I'm, a, again, a math person. I like to track all the data and what I'm eating and everything. But I definitely don't obsess over it. I just use an app that tells me how long, you know, I fasted for and that's it. And some days it's 16 hours. Most days it's more than 20. And some days based on my tutoring schedule, I'll open it at 11 in the morning and close it at three. And then the next day I don't, I wait until dinner. So I just get a 24, 25, 26 hour fast in, but I don't try. It just kind of happens. It's just the way it is now.
0: And you don't obsess over the number. You just track it because- math is fun. I totally get that. Yeah, I yeah, love
1: absolutely. data. <laughs> Me too. I yeah. really
0: love data. Yeah. I like
1: to track and, and now it's, it, and when you have these apps, they track how many days in a row that you've done something. Right. Uh, so since I've been using this app, I think it's at like 150 days. And I just like the fact that it keeps going up. So I just keep tracking it. <laughs> Whether I really use it for data anymore, I just kind of like that. I just keep going and going and going.
0: Well, you know, I still have all the data from the window app that my son made for me and, um, you know, cause he's mathy. That's what he does. You know, he loved statistics. He, I mean, he's his mama's boy. <laughs> I did a <laughs> quantitative dissertation when most people in the educational field like to do qualitative research. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I'm doing quantitative numbers. Yeah, I love yeah. numbers. You know, I still, I never updated the app now that it's, it's changed ownership. So I still have it all in the old format that Cal made for me. And I do every now and then someone will say something and I'll go back and I'll look at my data from like 2016. And you can look at it with different, you know, different ways. And it's just really interesting because it reminds me what I was doing at that period of time. And it's not that I want to live and die by the numbers, like you said, but it just reminds you, oh, that's what I was doing then. Oh, this is what was happening. And it just puts it in perspective.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's why I like it because sometimes you forget kind of where you've come from. And I'm so used to now I live life at a much lower weight and I'm in very, very good shape now. And I do these 20 hour fasts regularly. And sometimes if you get away from that, you think that, oh God, I'm, I'm just, I'm not doing a good job anymore. But then I look back to a year ago and I'm like, wow! Like I never did a 20 hour fast a year ago, and so even now, if I only do a 17 hour, it's still and 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 it really isn't even about just doing longer fasts is even better. But it's just you see your data from a year ago, and you're like, wow, I've come a really long way. So that's that's another reason why I like to track the data for really the future to look back.
0: And you could also use it for troubleshooting. For example. You know, we've had people that are like, gosh, I've all of a sudden stopped losing weight, or I'm slowly gaining a little weight. But if you have the data, you can look and see and you can be like, oops, you know what? My windows have started to get longer. And you mm-hmm. can see that by looking at the data. When you know, maybe you don't realize your window has crept a little longer, but if you've got the data, there it is. You know, people think they're being consistent, but then they look back and they realize maybe they weren't.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Your memory is definitely not as good as you think it is. So it's,
0: I think you're right. Yeah. To,
1: <laughs> to have that. Yeah. To l- look back. Yeah. And again, yeah. Just, just liking numbers and liking data. It's just a lifestyle thing. I like to know how many hours and how many, even though I don't necessarily, I don't count calories in the way of like, I don't restrict calories. I actually eat a quite a lot of calories each day, but I definitely track them every day just because I, again, I like to work with numbers and I like to know what's going on.
0: Yeah, I get that a lot of people do. And so um for anybody who doesn't feel restricted by that information, like for me, I struggled with a diet mindset and counting for so long and I would always look at like if I decided I'm going to start counting my calories, first of all it's hard. <laughs> but if I did, I would start worrying, oh my gosh, today I ate too much or I would start worrying, oh my gosh, I didn't eat enough. So for me it makes more sense not to. But I totally understand if you really love numbers. It's just data. If you just can think of it as data, then more power to you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I feel like someday I would like to just get away from all that and just not think about it anymore, but I I still do. I still think about it a lot, but I I definitely stress over it a lot less than I did, uh, especially in the beginning. Well, you know. It's really just numbers.
0: It's just like the scale. You know, sometimes people think that I don't want anybody to weigh, and that could not be farther from the truth. There are some people who I think need to weigh daily they need to you know like they need that feedback i was one of those people when i was losing weight i needed to weigh every day and thank goodness for you know the weekly averaging that helped me see the overall trend you know as a math guy you know it's the only the trend that matters yeah but i needed to weigh the entire time i was losing weight to hold me accountable and then i weighed the entire first year of maintenance as well because it just really helped me to see what was going on
1: Yeah, I still, I weigh every morning. First thing I do when I wake up is I weigh and I just, I have a a digital scale and then it syncs into my phone and I I look at it and I see, but I, 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 yeah, I, I worry less about am I continuing to lose weight? It's again, it's just a numbers thing and I like to just see what it is. And I try all different things. So, I mean, I do strength training now. So sometimes I'm actually trying to put a little bit of weight on. So it's not always... That I'm necessarily trying to always lose weight either. So I just like to always know how much I weigh every morning. But yeah, I, don't, right. I mean, maybe years from now, I would I would get to a point where I just don't need I don't weigh anymore. But right now, it seems to be working for
0: me. Yeah, and I, I think that's an important thing. Everybody needs to know themselves and whether weighing is serving you in a positive way or it could be neutral. Or it could actually be a negative. It started to become a negative for me, which is when I stopped, because I started thinking about, well, if I'm going to weigh, should I eat this? And then I was like, no, that's crazy. Forget it. But it's just important to know yourself. So I have a question for you. Are you at what you would consider your goal weight, goal size? I know you I mentioned know. you're trying to actually put on some muscles. So of course, that'll reflect in weight, quote, gain. But we know it, exactly, <laughs> we know it's not yeah. fat gain, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, I've been doing a lot of resistance training the whole time. So I'm always trying to put on muscle, but yeah, I don't know. I'm actually at a point in the beginning, my goal was to lose 150 pounds. So I'm not there. I'm 20 pounds from that, but I've kind of changed my mentality. I'm trying not to think that I just need to get to that weight because I don't know if that would be the best weight for me. Like I said, I'm six foot four. I don't know if two Oh five would be the best weight. So I'm just trying to let everything kind of play itself out. And I'm just continuing to do the intermittent fasting and strength training and eating well. But I am tracking my weight because I am curious to know, I'm actually more curious at this point, like, do I really have 20 pounds to lose? I mean, I feel like I definitely have fat to lose. I have still have a little bit of my midsection that I would like to get rid of, but I don't know if that would, you know, necessarily be 20 pounds worth. I have no idea. I just had this Goal in the beginning that was like, oh, 150 sounds like a nice number.
0: It is a nice – that's the same exact way I picked a number out of the blue (laughs) when I started. I want to lose 75 pounds. That was my goal when I weighed um, 210 75 pounds would put me at 135 and it just was a nice round number. 135 seemed good. Then I got there and I'm like, oh, I still have some fat to go. So I kind of changed that goal a little bit and went on to lose a little more and even lose more fat. But you know, how has your size changed? Like your waist size? I bet that's been a huge change.
1: So yeah. So I know I used to shop at a big and tall store. Explicitly. Well, you're still tall. <laughs> I am, but I, I am actually. That was a pretty big, like, non scale victory when uh, me and my wife could go to Target and I could just buy jeans. That's so awesome. So I started at, it was, I think, a 48, 34. And then I now wear a 36. And I wow. have a pair of, basically, what I've done is I would always buy a pair, like, I would go down by like two inches, let's say. Right. So if I bought say 38, I would also buy a 36 and just put it in my drawer as like a as a goal. So right now I wear 36s, but I have a 34 that I think I'm probably close to. I just haven't thought about it. Now that I think about it, maybe later I'll try those on. But I'm I'm focusing more on that again than my weight because I don't I don't you know just listening to all the people you've interviewed and I listen to all kinds of podcasts. I don't want to. I don't want to start restricting myself and do anything extreme just to get to 205 because it's just a made-up number. But I'm definitely still, even though I, I've been 225, 230 for probably four months now, and I've continued to go down in my waist in what the jeans that I wear.
0: See, that is so important. I want people to get that really, really into their heads and probably podcast listeners are more likely to, if they've listened to a lot of the episodes, they probably get this, but I would like to download this information into the head of every person because you could be complaining, I'm on a plateau. I've been on a plateau for four months. What's wrong with me? I need to lose 20 more pounds, but instead you're recognizing, hmm, I'm continuing to get smaller. It's okay that the scale is not moving because my pant size is continuing to change. And that is so important.
1: Yeah, and I definitely would not have had that mentality when I first started out. If I had this happen a year ago, I think I would have been devastated. But I think just getting all the information, listening to the podcast and hearing other people go through this, you know, ahead of where you are is just so helpful, which is why I love this podcast because I really have learned so much from from other people that I kind of went into this knowing like, all right, I'm going to hit a plateau, and that doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. And so I, even before I probably would have normally, I started really focusing on my gene size and, and things like that. So that's really helped me in the past couple of months to not, there has been a part of my brain that's just like, Oh, your weight's not going down. But then I have another part that's just like, look, that's not a problem. Your waist size is going down. You definitely, I'm definitely looking differently. I'm building muscle in different places. So it's, just to have those things to pay attention to is just a thanks to, to other people that I've heard go through this before me.
0: And I love your strategy and I wish everyone would do it. The strategy of buying the pair of jeans that fits you today and the next size down because you really can tell, you know, if the scale is not moving for four months, but you're, you've you gone down into these next goal pants, then you know that something's happening. So everybody do that. <laughs> Is <laughs> use that as yeah. your gauge. I mean, there's so many ways you can judge progress, but people tend to get stuck on the ones that are not changing and they ignore the ones that are.
1: Yeah. So I think that that's the thing that I've taken away from other people is the, and, and what I've done in the past, all the other times, the four or five other major times when I lost 40, 50, 60 pounds and then gained it all back. Every one of those times, the only thing I was tracking ever was weight. Right. And this time from the beginning, just learning from other people, I've been taking measurements. I've been, I've taken pictures. I have pictures dating all the way back to the beginning and I I've done them pretty much monthly. And, and even there was a time when I only lost like maybe five, six pounds. And my wife was like, you know, it's been a while since we've taken a picture. And I was like, oh, but I've only lost like five pounds. It really isn't a big deal. And she was like, oh, no, let's just take the pictures anyway. And we did. And we compared them to the pictures before. And I looked totally different after just five pounds. It was crazy.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, it reminds me of my own journey. This is how stupid <laughs> my thinking was early on. This I remember spring of 2015 when I was approaching my goal weight, that 135 magic number that I had in my head. I think that was when I got the vibration plate right around that same time. And I remember starting to use it. And I thought to myself, well, if this thing makes me build muscle, it might make me gain weight. I don't want to gain weight. I can't do this right now. I'm trying to lose weight. Isn't that ridiculous?
1: Yeah, yeah. It just, it's-
0: <laughs> that was me.
1: I I, I know I I look back to so many things like right now it sounds like oh he's saying the right things and he knows what he's doing now but I didn't for such a long time Uh I I didn't either (laughs) every time I would start a weight loss journey just like everybody else it was always on a Monday or it was always January 1st and I would always start by going to the gym and just doing like cardio for 90 minutes every day and I didn't ever do strength training because I was same thing I was concerned that if I gained muscle, then I wouldn't be losing weight. So I thought in my head, it was just like, okay, let's do cardio for like six months. Let's just drop a lot of fat and then I'll build back up with muscle. And it's just, I can't even believe that that was my thought process because it makes no sense at all. Now that I actually understand how healthy.
0: my works. goal was to, I mean, you know, like I said, this was 2015. So it's over five years ago. But I really was caught up in that. All I wanted was to see that number on the scale, and I swear I almost would have cut a limb off just to see that number. I'd be like, "Look, I've met my goal. I don't have a hand." But I mean, you know, I mean, of course that that's just not really what I would have done. But my thinking was almost that crazy. Like I would have yeah. gladly lost muscle if it meant I reached my goal weight, which was ridiculous.
1: Exactly, and I think that's kind of where I stumbled on to the intermittent fasting because I because of Bridget, because of future children that we're going to have, I, I was looking at more longevity than just weight loss. So I think that's kind of why it was like the intermittent fasting is really for longevity, not necessarily weight loss. So I, that's where the intermittent fasting comes in. And that's where my mentality was I've done for this journey, starting in June of 18, I did resistance training from day one. Love it. And I've continued to lose weight. Like I've never gained weight because of that, because it's not exactly how it works. And I was looking at, I want to build up my muscles so that I could live long and who cares if that stunts any weight loss, but it actually didn't stunt the weight loss because again, that's not really how it works. So
0: exactly thing in my head
1: that was just untrue for many, many years.
0: So, you know, circling back to Bridget, how, how has life changed in, in this year with your family?
1: So basically, I had left teaching before Bridget. So I had I had left teaching and focused on just tutoring. And I was doing a lot of in-home tutoring and I started my own tutoring business. But my wife was working a, a job that was, you know, just something that she didn't really enjoy. And she just punched the clock and went there every day. And after Bridget passed, it was just after everything we went through, she was she was just like, you know what, I, it's not worth living life that way. I want to find something that makes me happy. And I myself wanted to turn this into a learning center, my business. So my wife quit her job and just we opened this learning center. And it's kind of in, in honor and in a memory of Bridget. We have a little plaque there with Bridget's face on it and her story. And we now have this math learning center that we run. And it's changed just, you know, living life in a whole different way between the intermittent fasting and all these different things I do with my health. I just live a much happier life, a lot lot less stress than before. And We're both now working together and we're just doing kind of what we love. And, you know, we kind of owe that all to Bridget because I don't think, I think when you go through something like that, you really take inventory of what's important in life. And the most important thing is kind of being healthy and being happy.
0: so good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Using a child can mean the end of a marriage. But yes. instead, it sounds like the two of you have really, you, you came together in the hard time and gosh, working together. I don't know if I could work with my husband. So <laughs> y'all are yeah. pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, it, it works out well. We don't actually, she takes care of the whole business side and I'm always tutoring. And it's actually nice because I love teaching math and all, but I don't like asking people for money and how much they owe me and and raising my rates and all that stuff kind of makes me uncomfortable and it's easy for her to do it. So it's kind of easy. It's allowed me to grow my business because of the things that I'm not that great at. She is really good at. So it's kind of worked out well for us.
0: Your skill sets complement one another then it sounds like.
1: Exactly. So it's just kind of, we were kind of lucky in that extent. And then, yeah, it definitely has brought us closer together. And, and, you know, once I started doing the intermittent fasting, she started doing the intermittent fasting and she Love actually, it. she had to stop the intermittent fasting because she's now pregnant. And uh,
0: I knew that that was coming. <laughs> yeah, so, so <laughs> I was having, waiting for that. <laughs>
1: yeah. So we're having another daughter who's due, uh, you know, this year. And so she had to stop it. But the great thing for her is, you know, while she's she's always tracked her weight and everything. Cause she, she's always struggled. She's actually struggled with her weight, her whole life all right. through childhood. And she, all these yo-yo diets that I talked about were always, we did them together. So <laughs> our weights fluctuated together. So anybody who's known us for a long time knew that we were gaining weight together or losing weight together. Like everything, right. it was, we always did it together. So when I got on this journey in the beginning, she wasn't able to lose weight because she was pregnant with Bridget right and then after after Bridget passed she did jump on the uh, intermittent fasting bandwagon and she lost uh, a good amount of weight herself and she actually just looked she's right now she's 60 pounds less than she was at the same time that she was pregnant with Bridget that's awesome so she's you know lost a lot of weight but that's obviously on hold but it's kind of like I'm holding down the fort I'm continuing with the intermittent fasting so and that's what I mean. Like we always do things together. So when she's done nursing with the new right. baby girl, she'll be, you know, be right. Ready to jump back on. And she actually, she wanted me to share this, that the first couple weeks after she found out she was pregnant, it was really difficult for her to go back to eating, you know, all day long.
0: Oh yeah. We hear that from pregnant women. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She's used to it now, but she still says she she misses it. She's it's so crazy because she's jealous that I get to not eat all morning. Right. And it's such a yep. weird mentality because we lived our whole life being jealous that, that the other one was eating. And so then we would have to eat. And now she's actually jealous that I don't have to eat. And she's looking forward to when she can kind of join me again on the intermittent fasting. So for her- So
0: how how far along is she in the pregnancy?
1: She's about six months. She's just about to awesome. enter her third trimester. The third,
0: yep. Well, congratulations to y'all. And I knew this story from the Facebook group. So Yeah, yeah, (laughs) thanks. Because you shared it there. But I was I was trying to nudge you to this part because that's the part that is such a beautiful part to the story. You know, second daughter, but but you're honoring Bridget so much.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's the thing is I'm so glad when I look back and when I was pretty, you know, I was pretty angry when I found out about that we were going to have a daughter that may not live very long and even right. not it's not a good thing to hear. But, and my first thought was like, oh, well this, ger- um, you know, who cares if I lose weight or not, but I'm, I'm just so glad that I got back on it because now I'm so much better off for this daughter that's coming because of, I mean, I'll have no issues playing with her and teaching her health, you know positive health habits and right. and positive body image and all that stuff that I can now share with her because of what I went through before. I'm so much more ready for this new child because of Bridget and because of everything that we've been through. So
0: So this daughter will see you at a healthy weight. She'll see you vibrantly active. She'll see you aging well. She'll see you not obsessed with weight. She'll see you enjoying food instead of being dieting all the time. I mean, what a gift to give your daughter.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and that's the thing. And, and, and I was just so happy. You know, it, it was just so funny that my wife is jealous of me not eating. And right. It's the opposite. Like when she eats breakfast, we sit at the table in the morning and do, you know, our normal morning routine and she'll eat her breakfast and I don't eat. I just do, I just work and do things. And she's actually jealous of me not eating. And sometimes she eats and she just makes this face like, I can't believe I have to eat this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad she's eating because we do have the recommendation for pregnant women not to do intermittent fasting. And sometimes people are like, well, if I don't feel like eating, do I have to eat? And we do recommend Dr. Cecily Ganhart was on the podcast, gosh, a while back, over a year ago, I think now. Mm -hmm. And she's an OBGYN who does intermittent fasting herself. And she does say, if you're pregnant, you need to eat because you're, you're nourishing the baby. And we also just don't have the research on fasting and pregnancy that would support it. And we never will because they would never do that research with pregnant women. It would be unethical. So because of that, we do want you to eat more. So I'm glad your wife is listening to that. And the same with nursing.
1: Absolutely. And I think I learned that from that podcast. I actually remember that. And you know, what what would I know? I'm a, I'm a man. I have no idea about those things. I would have (laughs) thought in my head, the way it works, I would have just thought like, "Why not just keep doing it?" And I'm glad that I could give her the advice and say like, "Look, I learned on this podcast that when you do get pregnant, because I think we were trying at the time, and I was just like, when you do get pregnant, like you're going to have to stop, because I, I keep hearing from all these women on these podcasts is saying that it's definitely something that you shouldn't even experiment with, and you should just go put it on hold." And so we knew that going in. So my wife is following that advice and she's reluctantly following the advice. But it's just so funny because she would have years ago, she would have never thought that she would want to skip breakfast and want to eat in a, in a condensed window. It just, we would have never thought that that would be the way that you would live your life. It's just crazy.
0: And even with nursing, sometimes people, you know, who pause the intermittent fasting for pregnancy and then they want to get back on it with nursing because they'll try it and they'll say, well, my supply is good. You know, why should I not do intermittent fasting because my baby is having plenty of food. But for me, you know, all the doctors who support intermittent fasting suggest that you not do it while you're nursing. For me, I remember, when I was pregnant, when I was attempting to nurse, and I wanted my baby not just to do fine, I wanted my baby to get the very best. And so, if I, even though you know, you're maybe you're producing plenty of milk, maybe your baby is growing, but maybe you're missing some things that your baby could have had. Maybe it's not as optimal as it could have been. So that's just always my thinking. I would err on the side of caution 100% because there's a lot more going on in the body than just the fact that you're able to supply milk. You want it to be the best milk possible for that baby.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, and we're not taking any chances. And that's kind of the this whole intermittent fasting thing has why it's worked as opposed to all the other things that I've tried is because this is for the long term. And I'm looking at this as this is just how I live the rest of my life. And so is my wife. So when we looked at it, she was as reluctant as she was. And and, I mean, she didn't have much of a choice. She was just starting to get super hungry earlier once she was pregnant. So she just kind of had to
0: eat. Her body told her.
1: Yeah. Even though she was reluctant to do it. But she knows and we talked about it and it's like we're doing this for the rest of our lives so when you look at the the life as a whole not doing intermittent fasting now and then while she's nursing and then getting back to it like most of your life the rest of your life is still going to be spent doing this thing that you know is is healthy for you so it's just looking at the big picture and knowing that you know we're doing this for the rest of our lives so it's not a big deal to interrupt it for a year
0: so this is a tiny blip. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. it's just a blip. Well, it's also like the people who are like, "Oh no, I have to take an antibiotic with food for ten days. I'm going to have to stop." We're like, "All right, ten days, you can do it. Ten days, <laughs> you know." And your wife, a year, she can give it up for one year. It's just a tiny. Even a year is tiny in the scheme of things.
1: Yes, it is. It is, and that's the the, the whole different outlook that this has given me. That's allowed me to kind of take my time losing weight I used to try to drop 40 pounds in two months and if I didn't
2: oh
0: yeah
1: failure and 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 now looking at you know when I had weeks where I would either stay the same I would think about you know as I got further into it I'd be like look this is for your whole life this isn't that big of a deal you've got the rest of your life so, even if I do eventually get to 205, even if that doesn't happen for three years, like it still could happen. And I, I don't even know if that's the best weight. Again, it's just a made up number, but I'm definitely looking at it for the long term and I'm much better off where I am now at 37 than I was at 35.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I also know that your body is going to find an equilibrium at something that probably feels really good to you, whatever that may be.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's what at this point I'm just going to let it.
0: Yeah, that's what I think too, and so, um, you know, I don't know what I weigh, but I know that my clothes fit, and I know that my body is happy in this range where I am, whatever that may be. So it's it's forever, and it's it's freeing for somebody who used to be on that yo yo.
1: Oh, absolutely! It, the freedom from it has just been. I mean, I can't even put it into words. It's just been. And to not have to think about. So when I first started this, I was driving, tutoring, driving to, you know, I would have like four or five clients and I was driving to all their homes in between. And when I first started, even though I was eating well and I was making all my food at home, I I wasn't doing intermittent fasting yet. I was packing like containers and containers and the food prep was just ridiculous. I had this huge cooler that would have four or five meals in it. And, and it was all good, healthy food. And I was losing weight and it was, it was working for that time, but I just got so sick of it. And now it's amazing where I can just not even think about it. I was like, Oh, I'm only eating dinner tonight. Oh, this is nice. I just leave for the day and I make dinner when I get home. I don't have to worry about packing all these different containers and doing all these dishes. It's just so much. It's, it's very freeing.
0: That is so true. When we just moved last August, I had this in my my downstairs closet. I had this whole section that was like all the things I used to carry my lunch in back in the day. I mean, I had monogrammed lunch bags and large monogram bags and small monogram bags and containers, and those were all the things I would take my lunch to school in. I mean, I had them for every season and different decor. I mean, it was really comical. I threw all those away. (laughs) It was great. I was like, nope. You know, but all the the time I used to spend worrying about what I was going to take to school, I remember like if I accidentally forgot to bring my lunch, I would be panicked. Like, oh no, what am I going to do? You know, back in the pre-IF days, then it got to the point where all I needed was a purse big enough to throw a San Pellegrino in and I'm good to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. I look back, I never did intermittent fasting while teaching, but I like to think how much easier it would have been because I remember I would- I would have a snack in between periods and then I, when I had my lunch, I would eat a pretty big lunch and I always knew that my afternoon classes were not getting the best Mr. Hale that the morning classes were and I I was always tired and dragging, especially last period and I would come home and eat and then I would eat dinner. And now I think about my the last high school I taught at we were done by two o'clock in the afternoon. like I just would wake up and go to work. I would never pack any food. And then I would think in my lunch hour, I would just get to work.
0: It's true. So productive during lunch. This podcast is supported by FedEx.
2: or text wondery pod to 500500. 500.
0: The last year I taught, I didn't even go to the teacher workroom anymore. My my lunchtime didn't sync up with with people that were on my hall, but I just worked through lunch every single day.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I I never got to enjoy that and uh, you know, I mean, who knows, maybe someday I'll end up teaching again and that's definitely how I would do it. It'd be easy. I would just wait till I got home from school. To eat and I feel like I'd be so much more productive. And I've heard other teachers on the podcast mention that. And I was, it made me think about it. And I was just like, but now it fits my lifestyle now is so different. I don't always have a set schedule. I work almost every day. And my Tuesday schedule is so different than my Thursday schedule. So the intermittent fasting makes it just so easy to just be like, okay, well, where can I fit in my main meal? Because I usually have, a, I think I'm like you, I have a snack and then a meal. So I definitely I I think about where can I fit in a snack where can I fit in a meal and that's a lot of times just different times every day because my schedule is so different.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. You're making it fit your life instead of trying to fit your life around it.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing everybody talks about its flexibility and that's what you know is so great about it because it doesn't even though I usually do a 24 I don't do a 24 at the same times every day because it just doesn't fit my life. And I feel like the old me would have been like, oh, well, if I can't sustain that, then it's not worth doing. But now I know that it doesn't have to be the same schedule every day.
0: Absolutely. So you mentioned earlier that you were kind of low carb-ish. Are you still low carb-ish?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've experimented with keto, paleo, all that stuff in the beginning. And I kind of have just landed on pretty much just low carb. Doesn't mean I won't ever have, you know, birthday cake or anything like that. But for the most part, I lower carb. I don't always eat low enough to whatever they consider keto. But right. I you know, make keto meals. I stay away from a lot of like breads and grains and stuff. But mostly, yeah, it's just low carbs. It's a lot of veggies and a lot of meat. And I just usually have these huge feasts for my dinner. You know, I snack on some nuts and some things like that. But yeah, for the most part, it's it's low carb.
0: Because that's probably just how you really feel your best, right?
1: Yeah, it is. And and if I go off a low carb or I don't always get to exercise, like I always look at intermittent fasting as like my anchor. Like even if everything falls by the wayside, like I can always intermittent fast.
0: That's very true. Yeah, we've we've still got that. You know, what you eat can change, but the fasting is the consistent part that keeps going. Yeah. Well, that's good. Does your wife also do a little low carb-ish or is she more flexible with that?
1: a little bit but you know since she well, you know especially through the first trimester she started craving uh, you know oh, yeah. some, some different things so she she tries baby to eat well needs grains, a bit. Baby needs <laughs>
0: grains. Baby was asking for that. Yeah.
1: She does have like some bread in the morning. And she, so she eats a little differently than when she was eating low carb. But yeah, we're not really married to anything specifically. But yeah, that just makes me feel my best. But I, I don't even really tell that I am that. I, the main thing for me is just the intermittent fasting. But when I do eat, it tends to be, like I said, just veggies and some dairy and meat. And that's basically my diet.
0: Now, we've talked a lot about the weight loss, but besides the huge amount of weight loss, have you had any positive health changes that you know of? I think,
1: I mean, basically a lot of it is just the clarity. I feel like I'm a lot more productive. I get most of my work done when I'm fasting and I i don't take breaks to eat or anything and I get much more done. But luckily for me, even though I was 355 pounds, I hadn't really experienced health issues yet. I definitely was heading that way. I mean, my, my blood work numbers are, are, are great now. And like I said, dropping like pant sizes and stuff, but as far as I don't, I don't know. I I was very fortunate that I kind of got this before it became too bad. I didn't have any health issues beforehand, but I overall just feel great.
0: Yeah. But it's probably, you were going down that road, but yeah, 30, you were, you're 37 now. So you were what? 35, 36 when you started. So yeah, yeah, you, you got it in time. That's really exciting.
1: I did, and diabetes runs in my family, so I was definitely heading down that road, so I kind of got it beforehand, but yeah, so i, I don 't know of any. I definitely have a lot less like joint pain, and I can bend over and do a lot of things fine that I think kind of bothered me before, but no like nagging injuries that I solved or or anything to that extent, but just overall more energy, and just much more productive with my day
0: well, that makes sense. well, what I really look forward to is. You know, the day that you announce in the Facebook group that your new baby is here, I'm going to be looking for that.
1: Yes, I will make sure <laughs> I do that.
0: it should be right around the time that this podcast comes out.
1: Yes. Because so, yes, we're recording
0: yes. it ahead of time. So right around the same time.
1: Yeah, it is. it does align with the same time. Yeah, so it'll be good timing.
0: Yeah, like like what's the actual due date?
1: July 12th.
0: Okay, and this podcast is slated to come out July 7th, so this is going to be really exciting. Also, July 7th is my wedding anniversary, just if anybody oh, cares. Oh, that's what <laughs> July 7th will be my 29th wedding anniversary. So it would be really fun if, if the new baby was born on July 7th. So I'm going to send that out into the universe.
1: Yeah, well, I wrote that date down, so I will remember that date.
0: yeah well anyway you're definitely going to be keeping us posted which is going to be really exciting and i look forward to all the photos and having you share those with us in the facebook group
1: oh absolutely yeah
0: so we are coming to the end of our time together and i think we've gotten through so many important things here but what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started
1: yeah, so obviously knew that question was coming and I've, I've right. given it a lot of thought. Um, I would just say from the beginning, just to be patient, kind of like play the long game. Like I was talking about earlier, this is something you do for the rest of your life. And if you kind of not, I mean, messing up is even a bad way to put it. If, if, you, if you try to do a, you know an 18 hour fast and you have to eat at 16 hours, that's totally fine. Just do it and then try it the next day. And you'll see over time, if you look at it, Over the next couple of years, it'll you'll you'll just start to get to where you want to get to. And just really, that's it. Just I'm a year and a half in and I'm still learning things all the time. And you don't need to know all these different nuances. You really don't even need to know the lingo. You just need to not eat for a good amount of time and then eat in a condensed window and kind of let your body do the rest. So, yeah, I would just say be patient and just be kind to yourself. If you're not able to do things right away, it does take some time. I mean, this is a skill that I look at like anything. Oh, yeah. Really become a professional. It takes a while and it takes practice. So if you're not great at it at the beginning, it's really not a big deal. Just stick with it. That's what I would say.
0: Build up that fasting muscle.
1: Yes, exactly. Yep. Yep
0: like couch to 5K. You're not like couch on day one, 5K on day two.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just look at it like any skill that you would want to acquire. You don't expect to do it the first week. It's going to take time. And even if you get off of it sometime, it's it's what you do most of the time that really counts for the long run. So yeah, yeah that's what I would say. It's just be patient and, and you'll get there. You'll definitely get there if you stick with it.
0: Well, good stuff. Daniel, I have really enjoyed talking to you today and I will be watching Facebook for, for all the news from you and your wife.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much. It's, I mean, it's surreal being on this podcast, but thank you just for having it. It's so great to well, listen thank to you. everybody's stories. It's just inspiring.
0: Well, I absolutely love doing it. And I'm really, really happy that so many people are willing to come on and tell their story because that just, you know, even though we all have similarities, we all have differences and that's what makes it such, such an important journey for us all.
1: Absolutely. And and I just love that it's just regular people telling their story. That's the best part of it.
0: Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Daniel.
1: Okay. Thank you.
0: Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. intermittent fasting stories is edited mixed and mastered by resonate recordings to learn more visit them at resonate or email them at hello at resonate recordings.com intermittent fasting stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast